Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Happy NBA Free Agency Friday. Free Agency opens in an hour. Should have some news drops as the show goes along, but welcome in. To the Gabe Coon Show, I am your host, Gabe Coon, on Twitter at G underscore Coon71, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman. I am alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That would be Connor Dunning on Twitter at cdunning929. Connor, what's the word, brother? What's up, man? Hanging in there? Hot. Yeah. Way too hot. It is ungodly hot outside. Where the AC just does nothing for you when you first get in the car. I have a short drive over here, so the AC doesn't even kick in by the time. But it's it's brutal. But we're here. We're, we're past the summer solstice. We're fully into summer, brother. People yeah, who say they like summer are you lying. Gotta, <laughs> they have to be lying. I like the switch up. I like feeling the seasons, though. I like feeling seasons. Not this feel. I like feeling the seasons, not when I'm melting. You know, this is that time of the year where I get extreme PTSD of college and uh, going through conditioning. This is that PTSD time of year for me. Having to go out there the peak of the day, running 55s, running 110s. Gross. Yeah. Can't even think about that. No, thank you. I would die. I would die now. But um, we have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. Um, We're going to talk a lot of NBA free agency, which again opens up in an hour, and we're going to start the show, generally speaking, with uh, what do we expect from the Grizzlies. And throughout the show, we'll bring on a couple of guests at 5 o'clock. No Jeff today. It'll be Jeffrey Wright, who you just heard on Giannato and Jeffrey. Um, He's done four hours today. We're going to make him do 25 more minutes. Um, At about 5 o'clock, we'll talk about free agency, NBA, uh, free agency as a whole, and and the Grizzlies. And then 6 o'clock, Parker Fleming, who writes a great sub stack for the Grizzlies. You should go subscribe to it. Um... And all the donations, if you do donate, go to St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. And uh, he does a great job on that Substack. But he put out uh, his primer today, and he made a, a prediction. We'll talk about it in the first segment, and we'll talk about it with him at 6 o'clock. Then we'll hop into the Blitz. Dylan Brooks scheduled to meet with the Lakers. I find that tricky. Harrison Barnes is a GOAT in his own right. Never been an all-star in his life, but he does have a championship and a lot of money. Is that is that is that fair? That a is fair. A lot of money. A lot of money. Yes, and he just re-upped with the uh, Kings yesterday. Three years, fifty-four million dollars. And then I am going to have to tell off an anonymous source, which happens every once in a while. But there's an anonymous Pac-12 coach who has given on three 
a quote. And this anonymous Pac-12 coach calls Dion Sanders, Coach Prime, to Colorado a lose-lose. When we get to the Blitz, I'll tell you why that is absolutely, positively foolish. It's, it's dumb in so many different ways. But we'll, we'll wait till about 6.30 to hop into that. Um, today is strange, Connor, uh, simply for the fact that I am uh, – th- these ESPN layoffs are wild. Like the, the amount of people that are gone now that, that really have been, been there for 15, 20, 30 years in some cases – it's insane. And, like, I, I, you always try to find, like, excuses as to why they're making these layoffs. Obviously, it has to do with money. But I, I did see that the ESPN, like, getting your cable bundle, people have moved away from cable so heavily. I think in the past decade, they've gone from 100 million cable bundle buyers to about 60 million. So, like, the money's just not adding up. But June Lee, Ashley Brewer, Todd McShay who's been there for a long, long time, Matt Hasselbeck, LaFonso Ellis, who was there for 15 years, Steve Young, who's there for 22 years, Max Kellerman, Keyshawn Johnson, Jalen Rose. The Jalen Rose thing was tricky, too, because Brian Custer was filling in on Get Up today uh, for uh, Mike Mike Greenberg. And he teased that Jalen Rose was going to come on the show for about two hours. And within those two hours this morning, we figured out Jalen Rose had gotten laid off, so he was not going to make that appearance. Just strange. And Susie Colbert, I feel bad about Susie Colbert. 30 years. 30 years of time she gave to that company. And I, I, all these people, I think, ultimately will land on their feet somewhere. Jeff Van Gundy's another guy who, who got laid off today. Um, I think most of these people will land on their feet. I really do. Um, but this is, this is widespread, and the names that are gone are just hard to take. I have to say, Connor, these are, these are, these are ones that I've become used to over the years. Yeah, the the ESPN of old is is no more. I, yeah. I suppose you know it's. Uh, I was very surprised by some of the names that they decided to keep versus let go. I'm not sure a lot of them make sense to me, but you know, unfortunately, this is just kind of where it's going. Yeah, it's you, like yeah. you said, all of these people are going to land on their feet because all of these people are They're extremely, talented. extremely talented, and they should have a platform to be talking about sports. And uh, it's a sad day, sad day. You never like to see this. Never. Never, um, but my gosh, it's 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 going to change a lot about their their schedule too. I mean, Max Kellerman being gone is, is I mean, radio shows. You have uh, his 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 daily show. Um, Poor Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> he going he's going to sleep at a desk. <laughs> it was it was always trending toward Max being away from ESPN ever ever since uh, the relationship soured between him and Stephen A. Huh? Stephen yeah, A. The, the Max is, one that one's not like. Super, super, you know, that one I think he, makes a little back, bit more sense. I think back early in his career, he had a he didn't get re-upped by ESPN, so he was sort of bouncing around. The he's, two, he's had multiple stints with ESPN. This is just the latest. The the Colbert, Van Gundy, Rose, like, trio was so shocking to me to see that they have been let go. I yeah. was not expecting those three names to be there. To be and, honest, and, no, it, it's, a, it's a really tough day for NBA coverage on yeah. ESPN. So with Van Gundy gone – who who steps up into the the sort of primetime NBA coverage as the analyst? I mean, do we? I mean, we know we just don't we want to say it. We immediately go to Doris. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I hope it's Doris because the other one that I had in mind. Who's the other one you have in mind? Hmm, Perk. Perk's not. He, he's not going to do any game analysis. I hope not. 
I heard I that. I heard not. that. I heard that he he could he could be the replacement for Jalen Rose on NBA Countdown, which makes sense. I guess. I think it's a little much, but hey, perk perk seemingly. Hey, listen, there are guys in this industry who say ridiculous things, and Perk definitely fits that bill at times. But there's also, on the same hand, those same guys create conversation, and I think that's what ESPN looks for, the clicks, the views, everything else. Perk, Perk gets a lot of that. It's a terrible product. I, I understand. I understand, but it looks like he'll probably replace Jalen Rose on NBA Countdown. But as far as analysis is concerned, I, I'd, imagine, I'd imagine Doris – has nothing in the way of her unless she gets laid off late here. They better not touch Doris. Yeah, I, you better I, not touch you know, Doris. But there was a lot of discussion like in the past couple of months about Doris potentially being laid off. She said she takes everything in stride. Uh, she was asked about it, but it looks like they're going to spare her. And sh- they, should, they should because she's fantastic. She is fantastic at calling games. Now, moving on from that, I want to operate off of this question very simply. What do we expect – from the Grizzlies, heading into free agency tonight. Now, the short answer and very simple, overarching, general thought, I want to get out there. Don't expect any type of splash. Don't expect anything crazy. You have a mid-level exception you're working with. I don't think the Grizzlies really want to use the full thing. I would imagine you have one roster spot they probably want to work within the margins, and they want to find somebody that, that could be a helper but I, I don't think they want to spend the entire mid-level on one particular player. Now, there's some interesting thoughts out there. Um, we'll talk to Parker Fleming about this later, around 6. But he has put out a prediction. He says the Memphis Grizzlies will sign Joe Ingles with a large portion of their mid-level exception to a one-year deal. And I don't, I don't disagree with that thought. I think that, that that is fair. I've also seen Joe Ingles tied to a lot of different uh, – uh, franchises, including the Magic. There seems to be some, some uh, uh, momentum toward that. But Joe Ingles would be a big help on this team. Uh, a wing guy, sizable. Obviously, defensively, I don't think you can get much out of him, but he can certainly give you an offensive punch. He's not going to cost a lot of money. And if you sign him for one year, he's off the books next year, and you're not all that worried about it if it doesn't work out. Even if he gets hurt, I don't think you're all that worried about the investment you're putting into him for one year. But Joe Ingles is one of those guys – I certainly think is uh, he'd be one of the bigger names, ultimately, that I think the Grizzlies would land on um, at the start of free agency. I do think, and I heard Michael Cole say this, and, and we talked with him yesterday about it as well, I think it serves the Grizzlies better to sort of wait it out and see the value of some of these guys on the open market. We have a new CBA kicking in. Uh, people are going to try to save money. So some, of, some guys may get lost in that, in that shuffle. Some guys may not get the value that they expect, and I think the Grizzlies could capitalize on that if they just wait around at least a little bit. I, I, I don't know about you, Connor. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I don't necessarily expect them to make a move as soon as free agency opens. I feel like this is going to be a little bit more of a slow burn. Are we talking about an addition to the team or moves within the team? An addition within the team. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. I, that I, don't, I don't think that they're – I, I think that they're going to wait and see and see where the dust settles after everything happens because it just seems like all of the rumors are so the, – the wide range of money. Like, you, you see one thing that says, like a guy, for example, Bruce Brown is going to get 12, and then you see he's going to get 15, then you see he's going to get 20, then you see he might get 25, and it's like I feel like the market is all over the place yep. right now because no one really knows what the other teams are going to do when this new CBA kicks in and really what the plans are. We also have a 
few big fishes out there that have to land first. And usually after those dominoes go is when you see everything else kind of line up. So I'm kind of with you. I think that they may wait and see uh, what happens. I would be surprised if we have a signing tonight over the weekend. Sure, over the holiday weekend. Yeah, I could see them having a signing by the time we get back next week. I would enjoy Joe Ingles. I think he yep. would he would make sense. Uh, he's not very good defensively anymore because of his ACL injury. He tore his ACL, but he shot 40% from three last season for the Bucks. He played 46 games, you know, after he came back healthy. Um, he does a lot what the Grizzlies are kind of looking for right now. He'd be that veteran presence. He's been in a lot of playoff games, a lot of wars. Like I said, 40% from three. So he would make sense. I would be I would be fine with that, and I don't think he would cost the full mid-level exception, which is nice as well. And at the end of the day, if you get to the deadline, he hasn't been great, you can trade him. Yep. Yep. I, I wonder what his trade value will be depending on what contract you'd bring him in on. Seven, eight million dollars maybe for one year? Maybe. Like that would be that would be tricky to trade if he was, you know, struggling. You know what I mean? Um, some of the other thoughts, I guess, would be like a Tory Craig, Josh Okogie. Um, Tory and Prince is one that I really – would enjoy. I don't know. I, I have a feeling his market's going to be more robust than we think. Uh, obviously, the Timberwolves did not guarantee the final year of his contract. They opted out of it, so he's an unrestricted free agent. He's a guy who could really give you minutes at the three and the four, shoots 38% from three, and I think ultimately, defensively, he's still a relatively young player. He's got that energy. He, he's sort of a young vet, if you will, and I think he'd fit in really well with this team. But again, I think the, the competition for Torian Prince may be Maybe a little too hefty for the Grizzlies. But I, 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 it's bizarre. You wake up today and you expect to see some Grizzlies rumors who they're tied to. Um, the big rumor from today from Mark Stein was Dante Hall. The Grizzlies are among few teams to show interest in former SEC big man Dante Hall who played at Alabama. He's been in the Euro League. Uh, for the last few years, that would be a good. <laughs> I have doubts. I, I have doubts, but that would be so on on brand. I feel like for the Grizzlies, just doing something no one expects them to do that does not get anybody excited. Ultimately, it I'll may be, be honest, useful. It would be them. it would be a complete waste of money. It would. It'd be a waste I, of money. There's no so. way that happens. I believe so. But Mark Stein's put it out there, and we know he's he's rumor god sure. at this time of year. Um, I wonder what the context of that rumor that he heard may have been, though. What do you mean? I don't know. It could have been like a summer league spot. Like there, there are yeah, many things. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. there are a lot of that's things true. that they could have been interested in. Yeah, this would. I don't. I don't know. If this, paying this, a, No, no, thank you. Paying a guy who's been in the Euro League. Is he better than X? No. Next question. The it's la- like, what are we doing here? The last what are we few doing? years, paying a million bucks to to be the last yeah, roster spot. No. no, I don't. I don't think that fits. Um, but the, the market of players here for the Grizzlies is just so wide open, and I I I, I have struggles sort of putting my finger on exactly the type of player they want to go after with this last roster spot. I, I'm of the thought a combo guard, maybe backup point guards, the way you need to go. You have so many guys. I know people want the small forward. They want that splashy sort of, whether it be Torian Prince, Joe Ingles, that type of name. Uh, a- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bigger wing, but they've got three of them on the roster that they've put at least some level of, of, of 
investment in. And Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, Zaire Williams, you just need one to hit. And I think they do have higher hopes for Jake LaRavia making a leap than a lot of us think right this second. They've made it very clear they expect a lot out of him going into next year, the Santi Aldama-type leap, if you will. Uh, but it, it's hard really to grab on to, to figure out what this front office is thinking about the type of player they should be uh, targeting for this last roster spot. Yeah, you know, when you talk about a guy like Torian Prince, he is the new, I think, quote-unquote home run for the tier that the Grizzlies are kind of looking in right now because the player that they could potentially get has changed over the last few weeks. You know, yep. at one point it was, you know, maybe OG, maybe these guys that they could trade for, and a Dylan Brooks sign-and-trade could be possible, but then they made the Marcus Smart move. The Marcus Smart move has made it – it's made it more – Muddied the waters, made it more complicated to sort of get in the it's mind just of the made it, it just It's made it less likely that they're going to make a move for a DFS or yes, a Royce O'Neal. Like, correct. those guys I don't think are on the radar of the Grizzlies anymore, if you know what I mean. I feel, I think that we've gone down a tier. Not to say that those guys are bad by any means, like the Torian Prince, Joe Ingles, things like that. It's just those are going to be the types of moves that this team makes right now. I could see it being a combo guard. I could see it being a small forward. I could also see it being a big man for some big depth in case somebody right. gets hurt. It's, that's why it's, they could kind of go after anybody right now. I don't think it's going to be some huge, sexy move. If it is Torian Prince, I think that that's a big deal. I do actually think that if they were able to land a guy like Torian Prince, that's the type of move, marginal move, that could push you over the top because he's yep. very good defensively. He shoots for, damn near 40% from three. He, know, he knows his spots. He's not going to overshoot. He'd be a good role player on this team. I'd very much enjoy him. Same kind of idea with Joe Ingles. So, you know, I think that they're in the position where they feel they don't need to overpay for a guy. That's, mm-hmm. I think, getting Marcus Smart – and again, listening to Zach Kleiman's comments, it feels like that they are interested in trying that three guard lineup. Yeah, because we I think have, I think there's people need to stop overthinking the fact that Marcus Smart's only six three. He's four. defended threes for his entire career. There are so there. I think the he's reason he's got a six are, nine wingspan, he plays bigger than he is. Yeah, I, I think people need to sort of get it out of their mind that he's this tiny guard that that is going to get bullied. I think it's not. It, he hasn't shown that that to be the case his entire career. The reason I, I feel they were comfortable making the move for Marcus Smart is there are is 10 years now of numbers to back up that Marcus Smart can play the three games. and be fine. <laughs> he can be so he's if anything he's plus. He's actually plus when he plays the 3. So, you know, I think that's what they're going to roll for and if a guy like Joe Ingles, Torian Prince, Dante DiVincenzo, any of these guys the market's not there for them that they were looking for, they'll they'll offer them and if they take it Awesome. If they don't, they're going to roll into next season, hoping that one of these three wing, uh, young wing guys works out. I'm not sure that's the best plan, but it makes sense when you look at everything happening right now. It's just, I don't get the sense that they are pressed to make a move. No. You know what I mean? It, it that's feels why like I think, that patience is going to be what it is. That's why I feel like it'll be a slow burn. You'll see some guys throughout this process that you thought was, the market was going to be robust for. It'll just not... Come to well, and if we're you'll gonna, start to see you'll start to see what this upcoming CBA is going to mean for guys' contracts and their value. Ultimately, this offseason is going to be very telling. Well, and let's be honest about it: none of us saw the Marcus Smart thing coming. Not a single one of us saw right. that coming. We thought yeah, that Derek White, sure, not. we kind of had fun with that, but we didn't really understand how that would work. Malcolm Brogdon was being talked about. All in the of a sudden, trade. a three-team deal got created, and yep. the Grizzlies had the opportunity to jump in. 
Maybe something like that happens. It's, it's, you know, so many crazy things happen the first 24 hours of NBA free agency. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that they're not going to overpay for somebody, and I don't think they're going to make a trade, and I think that they're going to use not the full MLB yeah, I don't to think bring somebody in. Whole, Those are the three MLB. things I think are going to happen. I'm excited, though. You know, it's, if this is the team that we're rolling into next season with, I have questions about them. It's kind of like Penny. It's kind of very similar to how we felt about Penny earlier this this offseason. We were like, listen, we believe in him. We think it can work, but we have some questions. Yeah. You know? Roster's not perfect. Right. Nothing looks perfect. But right they'll probably figure it out, you know? Uh, what do you think about the Eric Gordon? The Grizzlies I'm among, out on that. Uh, no, I'm out. Grizzlies, among other teams, have been supposedly interested, according to Mark Stein. I don't know how you can really be fully interested in Eric Gordon. First of all, he can land on a uh, – if he's going to take – not a lot of money, which has not been his M.O. in his career. But it, it, things change as you, he's 35 years old. Um, if he's going to take the vet minimum, I would imagine he'd be somewhere else with a where he would think a better chance to win a championship next year would be. I think that's where he would take the least amount of money from. I don't think he'd come to the Grizzlies. He'd probably think it's too young of a team. He'd, and also, I, the defined role for him, I think you're adding a bunch of 6-3 wings – just sort of on top of each other and, and continuing to go down that route. And I, I just don't know if his talents are best served in a Grizzlies uniform ultimately. Good three-point shooter, good offensive player, but aging, and I, I just don't know if he'd be a gr- the greatest fit. Although <laughs> Grizzlies circles, Grizzlies Twitter, Grizzlies fans have been interested in this guy for how long? 15 years. Yeah, forever. 15 years. That's a long time. Yes. Um, I think that Eric Gordon is a really good basketball player. He could help the Grizzlies. Everything that he does, Marcus Smart does already and better. Yep. Well, so I, it would be it, to me. It would be like paying an older version. Yeah, he of shoots Marcus better. Smart. He shoots better. Does he? Smart. Yeah, for the most. Not part. really. Is it like that big of not maybe two percent? <laughs> like, well, he so, shoots. He, he's he's a he's a better shot maker than Marcus Smart. Also, I'm not like. sure he is. I'm not sure he's still he a is. streaky guy. He's still relatively streaky. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, know. They to me, I'm just like he's the older version. And worse at defense than Marcus yeah, Smart. Yeah, he's, he's always been worse at defense. I'd rather it's. I just. But, I wouldn't want to use the money on him. Right. I, I understand the thought, and I understand why people want. Unless him. they're getting some substantial the discount, just, which I don't think. If if, it's a little if messy. Eric Gordon, if Eric Gordon made it to the Grizzlies, I don't think he'd take a discount. No. Um, no, no. One of one of the other ones that would sort of take the whole mid level exception, if not a lot of it, is Josh Richardson, sort of secondary ball handler, steady, uh, good shooter. Um, but again, I think you're stacking a bunch of six, three, six, four wings on top of each other, um, and you could sort of run yourself into a log jam. But I, I like Josh Richardson as a target, a little younger, uh, a little more fresh, long, uh, could have some defensive capabilities. I think that would be a better fit than a guy like Eric Gordon. I agree point. with that. I agree. I'd rather have a Josh Richardson, mostly just because he's still got that defensive ability. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the thing about Eric Gordon is a lot of his appeal is the 3 and D mantra with him. The but the defense is it's going to get worse again next year. He's going to be another year older. I'm not sure that that's what you're looking for, you know, and that's why like the Joe Ingles thing too, I'd be okay with it, but it just I just don't know if the fit is perfect there. It doesn't solve the hey, But again, problem. It, like here but here's here's what I, I want to go back to my original uh, original conversation here. I don't think any of these guys you're getting and I'd say Torian Prince may be the exception to this conversation, but I, again, I think his market will be robust. I don't think anything you're getting is like perfect, putting you over the top if you're using the mid-level exception. No, but you should do the best. That you, you should can. do the best that you can. the The idea here is 
we saw what the Nuggets did last year in going to get Bruce Brown, right, for $6 million a year. He had a player option for year two. And now it looks like he might get $20 million a year from the Pacers. Unbelievable. But the idea, the, the best possible scenario is you go find a guy like that that is just undervalued by other teams that you feel can play a substantial role for this team. The difference between Ingles, Richardson, and Gordon, though, is Ingles will take a one-year deal. I don't know if the other two will. Really? Eric Gordon's 35. You can take a one-year deal? He's been, he's been around. The, I don't know. I don't know. I can't get into Eric Gordon's mind. But, I, I, I mean, seemingly this is that time of your career where you start to go, okay, I've made a lot of money. I've been around. How many teams has Eric Gordon been on at this point? <laughs> All a, million. The <laughs> yeah, a million. A million. Um, it usually is that transition in your career where you say, okay, maybe a vet minimum for a championship contender with people I'm familiar with isn't the worst thing in the world. I don't know if he's necessarily going to try to get locked up at age 35 for three to four years. I don't know if he wants some long-term deal. I mean, I could be wrong on that. I'm just not sure I want to continue the tradition of the Grizzlies getting a guy that they've always wanted like five years too late. <laughs> yeah, it, just, exactly. it would feel like, oh, we're yeah. doing this again? Yeah. You know? Going straight down that road again. Now, um, we did have a little bit of a trade. Pistons get Joe Harris. Yeah. Nets, two second-rounders. And the Nets created a uh, traded player exception of $19.9 million. That's what they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to find some flexibility to explore more deal-making uh, this summer. Uh, but Joe Harris to the Pistons, all right. Sure. Whatever. I, I haven't seen Joe Harris play well since all of the injuries. Um, he hadn't been that good. His most famous moment the last few years is missing that wide-open three against the Bucks. <laughs> yep. Wide-open, yep. dude. Yep. Um, and then good player, though. with – Kyrie intending to meet with the Suns. He, I believe he had his meeting. Woj and other folks have, have mentioned that keep an eye on it. I, I can't keep an eye on it. I don't think there's any realistic. This is, for me, looking at what Kyrie's doing, this is a, a clear leverage play, a clear leverage play to try to get the Mavs to pay him his full worth. I, that's all I can really see this as being. Because I don't really know who has the sp- contender that has the space to really go pay Kyrie what he's worth besides the Mavs at this moment. And they, they waged away a lot at the trade deadline to go get Kyrie. I don't think they want to lose him for, for nothing, right, ultimately. But I, I just don't see the Suns thing happening. But he's also meeting with the Heat, which I guess could do something. Lakers, Clippers, and Rockets. Of those, I, I, when it comes to Kyrie, it's hard to talk about fit anymore. Because he's just been kind of a, for lack of a better term, a team killer. Yeah, no, he just straight up has been. He has been for a while now. It's Kyrie's an unbelievably talented player, one of the best ball. I can talk about basketball fit all all I want. I can talk about basketball fit. Team fit matters. It matters. But it just does. But I I just his personality and some of the things he's done. It's hard for me to. It's hard for me to project him being a good fit anywhere. Yeah, right now. listen, we'll see. the stuff he does off the court, you know, he he's he can be a distraction. I know he does a lot with charity. That's great, but three teams in a row now, three teams in a row, have disappeared because yep. of his, some of his antics. It is what it is. I I feel like for him, the best plan for him, which I don't think it would happen, would be to be alongside a a guy that he trusts pretty heavily, and that would be the. LeBron James thought. Like yep. Be be alongside of a guy like that who he tried to get away with at the time when he when he was with the Cavs after they won a championship. But he would need to have someone with full oversight of who he is as a player, what he's doing off the floor. He'd have to be involved with that teammate. Him as sort of the lone wolf. Him with no one to really sort of hone him in. It's just a bad thought. 
and like KD wasn't wasn't a good fit for that. He's not going to go out of his way to hone in, uh, bring in Kyrie. Luca certainly not doing that. James Harden's not doing that. Like there's only few guys, a few guys in the in the NBA that can make that happen. I think really only one in Kyrie's life that Kyrie would take that relationship and sort of build. And and I there's only one guy, and that's LeBron James who could who could really get that out of uh, out of Kyrie. Yeah, that's why because. Just to join the Suns, the money thing first off, he would have to take such a ridiculous discount. It'd have to be like a $7 million a year contract for him to play for the Suns, realistically. I just don't see him doing that. It does, That just doesn't. And if you're Kevin Durant, why would you want Kyrie in, in Phoenix? Why would you want that? Hey, 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 they're, they're the, st- the basketball I think, fit I think also doesn't make it sense. It doesn't make sense, but I, I, don't, think, I don't really think the, the full basketball fit with Bradley Beal. No, it really made sense in the first place. The Suns don't really care; they just want star power. Is what it feels like. But I, I, I where's the money? Where's you, the money? How are you going to make you that happen? You got one basketball. Yes, it's, it's, you still it's, got a bench that you got to figure out. It's strange. It's strange. It'd be strange. Now, Connor brought to my attention a question that I want to talk about on the other side, and he brought about he brought it about sort of uh, early this week to me off the air. And the question is: with all of this free agency talk, trying to add one more player. To this Grizzlies roster, I would have discussed. Obviously, it's a little abstract, but if you could reincarnate any former Grizzly to be the last roster spot here, and add him, drag him, drop him to this team, who would that reincarnated Grizzly be? Who would you drop on this current roster? We'll discuss that on the other side. Ninety-two nine FM, ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back rolling, Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Connor Dunning on the ones and twos here, back to the future, because that's what we're talking about. If you could clone a former Grizzly... Reincarnate them. Drop them on this current roster. That one roster spot left. Who would it be? Now, uh, we're going to talk about this. And I will say the Grizzlies Summer League roster did just drop. Nothing all that important. We'll get to that after this conversation. Now, the two names at the very top that immediately jump off the page. I'll start with the first one here, and that's Shane Battier. Shane Battier is the one. He'd be the three you're looking for. Didn't take a whole lot of shots. Good three-point shooter. Good, Good on defense. My God, that would be that would be immediately the the first uh, Grizzly I'd clone and put on this roster. Yeah, you know, we put out the tweet just now, and people have been texting me, and you know, I've asked some friends throughout this week if you could have one guy from the Grizzlies' history, Memphis Grizzlies' history. We're not counting Vancouver, um, right? And you this, could drop this, this, them this onto this team, and I and I didn't we say that they had to play like twenty games? Yeah, like AI can't doesn't say count. AI, that's not fair. Like stuff like that doesn't count. Yeah, I think Shane Battier's the answer. You know, it just the, it makes the, the most sense. Uh, I love Shane Battier so much, but I mean, you know, he shot, I think, thirty eight percent, forty percent from three yep. for his entire career. Two def- all defensive teams. He's an NBA championship twice. When you look at like just his win replacement numbers and all that, those he he laps the field. I think of candidates. I had four guys that I came up with, like including Shane Battier. I have two at the top and one Shane Battier. Here's one thing though. I think when you're talking about this current roster, we have to think about fit. So, like, obvi- right, like right. there's obvious, like, 
if you said Zebo or Marcus Gasol, that doesn't fit with this roster. It does not fit with their style of play. And we love those guys. All-star talents, right? Like, fantastic. But it doesn't fit with this roster. No. Right? I like, don't, to be honest, I'm not sure you know, if any of those, if any of the core four fit. Maybe Mike is a backup, but, like, he would have to be a yeah, backup. You know yeah, what I mean? See, that's strange. That yeah, would be a strange Tony, fit. we got him. His name's Marcus Smart. You yeah. know, it's like, we got that guy. Zebo, you know. You, 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 well, you have, you have Tony. You have the defensive side, but you also have offense it's with just, Marcus Smart. Tony couldn't play. The, the, Tony position, was not the positions where no, the Grizzlies do don't need help are where the core four guys would go. Like, you've got Steven Adams, so you don't really need Mark. You've got Jerry Jackson Jr., you don't need Zebo. Well, and, with respect... With respect to Zebo's yeah. game, there's no reasonable fit with what he did offensively on this team. Back to the basket. If we're talking all like you're building an all-time Grizzlies team, sure, yeah, absolutely. Of He's your four. I'm making Jerry the five. The back but to like, the, the back to right the now, basket, mid-range jumper stuff, and getting to the like that didn't fit with this with this iteration of the Grizzlies. Duh, I would did, love to does. see a jab they, step one more time. Of though. course, Just no one more question. Jab. But like we're running and gunning. We're running the gun these days. <laughs> that doesn't fit Zebo. Zebo's half court game. Throw it. Right. Throw it into the blender. Let me go cook. That's not. I mean, that's that doesn't fit. It doesn't fit right now. No. But uh, it would be. It would be fun all, all, always to reincarnate Zebo and have him on a team. He's he was fantastic. But I, 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 some people will give answers like that. I don't. I don't think that makes sense. The other name, Rudy Gay. Yeah. That that makes sense. Jumbo wing, very high upside scoring. Um, he's still kicking around the league. That's awesome. That's awesome, Rudy's still in the league. But Rudy Gay and Shane Battier, one and two. One and two. Has to be. I'm not sure I agree with that. Rudy Gay was one of my top four. I'm not sure he's my number two, though. Okay. Because of how much he would want to shoot. Okay. I love Rudy. Loved him when he Shane's was here. Shane's one. Shane's definitely one. Stay with me on this one, all right? Okay. I think that James Posey would be my second. Okay. I James Posey guess. was awesome when he was a Memphis Grizzly. Awesome when he was a Grizzly. 38% from three, 14 points a game, rebounds. But yeah, but year two, the, the, the three-point production fell off a cliff. But if you're if you're reincarnating we are that re- one year. We are saying yeah, we are cloning them year. and dropping them. Don't yes. you dare tell okay. me which year that okay. I get to clone. Okay, I, I get, get to it. clone which year I want to clone. I get it. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I'm taking the 2003-04 James Posey dropping him on this team. You get the defense, you get the three-point shooting. He doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. I would he would probably be my number 2. I think Mike would be my number 3. Mike, Mike Miller. Yeah. We, I don't know I don't know if we have to explain why Mike everybody's very familiar with Mike Miller here in Memphis. Knocked he would be great. Rudy was is absolutely one of the one of the four though. I think those are the four main guys. I would say and Mike, it's either, Mike in, a, in a Grizzlies uniform could get off the bounce a little bit and yes, you know, make yes, something happen. Yes, he happen. could. That Mike could hoop. Time. People forget it, rookie it, of the year. Mike could hoop back in the day, man. People it, it's weird. Sometimes with Mike, Mike's career as a whole, and I know people in Memphis don't think this way, but I feel like uh, people around the NBA think of him as like Heat Mike Miller, just spotting up from three and knocking down. When he was in a Grizzlies uniform, that, he got off the bounce. He, he was a straight-up hooper when he was here. Um, Knockdown shooter, dude. Let me ask this, and this would be way down the list. Be way down the list. Jeff Green, anybody? No. Anybody with Jeff Green? No. no. You, you're no Jeff Green well, at all. Hold on. No, hold no, on, hold on, no hold on, even hold on. thought I, I, there. I have an important question. Are we only allowed to take his years when he's on the Grizzlies? <sighs> See, I, I, I guess if we're reincarnating, that would that would make the most sense, right? Then, I, then I'm going to no. then I'm gonna have to say, I'm, and I'm, for those reasons, I, I'm out. For those reasons, I'm out. <laughs> Listen, 
I am. The Jeff Green still still playing some good. Uh, he played a fantastic role with the Nuggets this year. I am thrilled that Jeff Green got his ring. I am never going to forget though the moment in the playoffs against the Warriors. It was when the Grizzlies were whooping that ass. It was awesome. Yes, it was awesome. They were up by a ton. He got a steal on a fast break. It is the loudest I have ever heard the grindhouse. This is in the height of GNG. It's it's the mask. Mike Conley was in right. the crowd. It was people were going nuts. Fast break. The roof is going to explode. No one is in front of him. No one's around him. He kicks the ball four rows into the stands. <laughs> He's a useful player, though, brother. Come I, on. That gave, I know. I that stays in my bur- head forever. I don't care how much it's burnt into your memory. <laughs> Jeff Green would be a decent. Like, if you just dropped him when he was younger, prime Jeff Green onto this roster. You'd take that every day. Now, it'd be down the list. Now, someone said, so Ryan, shout out to Ryan for, for listening so much. Uh, he said pow. Yeah. Uh, you could make pow work. I think you could absolutely. I don't, I don't think that, because I was more thinking small forward position. I would say you could make pow work. Slide Jared to the five. Like, I sort of, because eh, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. right. Like, it's hard to do. Like, <laughs> it's hard. But I'm talking, like, when we're talking fit on this current roster, that'd be strange. So, that'd be strange. It would be a little awkward because you would have to make Jaron really, really rebound. Yeah, he, he would have to become a legitimate rebounder. That's why Steve is there. Help you a little bit. Here's there. what I would say though: Powell's pick and roll game with a guy like John Moran or Marcus Smart could be similar to the game. That, now, I'm about to talk about Kobe, who was an all-time top yes. ten guy of all time. So I'm not. It's not a one to one. But if they ran the pick and roll like Kobe and Powell did, they could dominate there. And then you had Jaron there cleaning it up, creating some space. I could see Powell. I'd be totally fine if somebody wanted to say that Powell would be yeah. the guy that you would drop on this team. You'd get that size. You could slide if, if, guys if, around. Here's my thing. If you're dropping Powell, would you drop Mark, too, as a conversation? Gasol? See, yeah. but no, I don't know because— All, I mean, d- defensive player of the year— Really had had some had some juice there. Just, stretch by the time end of his Grizzlies career, stretch five, like he and he rebounded really heavily. Yeah, so Jaron could still play the four. Like I don't know, I, prime prime Mark would be right there with Powell Maybe. in this conversation. I would think I I would take Powell before I would Mark. Yeah, but I would listen I mean, to an argument fair. for Mark. But at the same time, the rebounding factor still comes into play there. Where you know I do think that a lot of Mark's rebounding numbers when he was in Memphis were in large part because he was next to an absolute rebounding machine in Zach Randolph. At the end of the day, though, I think that Stephen Adams on the team right now with his screen assist and his rebounding ability and his you know he plays good enough on the defensive side of the ball. I would probably want to either have Powell at that four, Jaron at the five, or take one of these four small forwards. Now, the question is, what about a guy like O.J. Mayo? I was going to say it. I think it's a little outlandish. Is it? Because of how his career sort of transpired. But when he was in a Grizzlies uniform, there's decent numbers. He's scoring punch. Uh, You could sort of throw him in that combo guard role, 6'5", 200 pounds. I I think there's something there, but he would take a lot of shots. He would get his shots up, brother. Oh, that man would – he'd be pulling for sure. Yeah, yes. he averaged yeah, 15 shots a game, 14 shots a game. But 38% from three, 50% if it, like field goal percentage from the field right around there, 17 points a game. I could make it work. How tall is he? How tall is this six guy? Five. He's 6'5". Okay. Ooh, dude. That's a good one. It's a fair one. Dude. Yeah, you got to you got to erase, but you got to OJ may have just flown up my rankings. <laughs> no, it's crazy that you got to erase like post Grizzlies OJ. It's why we're talking specifically yes. about on the Grizzlies. <laughs> yes, yes. OJ, you add OJ Mayo to this team, dude. It'll be fun. 
because he would also because you also get him at the age. He makes sense with the core. Man, I might take OJ at that three. OJ would be interesting. I just think, uh, listen, again, I can't back remember to my how original conversation. My number one and number two in order would be Shane Battier, Rudy Gay. It's the three. It's the wing, scoring punch, sort of well-rounded players for the most part. Rudy, a lot less a lot less well-rounded on the defensive side than Shane Battier. But Shane Battier, top of this list, no question. I, OJ would be a – it's an interesting thought, though. It's definitely an With OJ, thought. you're not really getting the defense, but you're getting a scoring punch there. You, mm-hmm. It would be the idea of you getting that scoring punch from him and that you hope maybe the defense develops over time. It didn't. But, you know, maybe. Maybe <laughs> yeah. the second go-around. Maybe sometimes people deserve second chances. But I think obviously, I think the most obvious answer is Shane Battier. Yes, I do too. I do too. And it's so, it's, it's bizarre. Like, when you're thinking about fit with this particular core, I, I don't think Powell's up that list, even though he's a Hall of Famer. Like, that's just a strange it's way just, to look at it. But it's it. just but, because but it's, we have a defensive player of the year in yes, his position. You yes. Know? It's literally, this, this roster, it, it does go to show where this roster has holes. You know, like, they don't have a hole. It, 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 Jaron spot. They don't have a hole at four. They don't have a hole uh, with Dez. They don't have a hole at point guard with Ja. Well, he needs to get back. And now you have that defensive chaser, so you don't need a Tony Allen on the team. So you just got to think through, think, think within the margins here. You and need Shane somebody Battier's that's going to that shoot guy. about eight times a game, play great defense, and hit a three. Shane Battier. That's, Shane Battier. that's like if you describe Shane Battier in a sentence, it would be, it would be hits the three, plays defense. Eight shots a game. That's it. That is Shane Battier to a T. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. Now, um, I, people will continue to put in some answers, and we, uh, we, may, we may give them a little bit of thought, but I do have to go ahead and drop this on you. Grizzlies PR has just released the Summer League roster, which will start uh, – Summer League, by the way, in, in Utah and in Salt Lake City will start on July 3rd for them. Got Timmy Allen from Texas. Joel Ayayi, that's an interesting one, from Gonzaga. I liked him at Gonzaga. Really solid player, but again, trying to latch on in summer league is always tough. Manny Bates, who's the guy, they, they, they signed him uh, out of Butler. Uh, Tarek Babarovich has made, I mean, he's hey there. Now. now it says. He's real. Hey, listen, there is an asterisk. <laughs> it says it pending, be a pending FIBA clearance. <laughs> pending FIBA clearance for Tarek by Berovich. Again, number 56 overall to the Grizzlies. Uh, Frankie Ferrari, what a name. Jacob Gilliard, Nathan Hoover, Matthew Hurt, G.G. Jackson, of course. Jake LaRavia, Kenneth Lofton Jr., Aminu Muhammad, not familiar with him, but from Georgetown. Tariq Owens, David Roddy, and Vince Williams. Again, the, the notable guy left off here for certain reasons is Zaire Williams. And if you read into what's going on, it feels like there's some tendonitis with that knee and they have a return to play uh, sort of carved out for him that's not going to involve summer league. I, I, again, I find it strange considering what, where we're coming, the year we're coming off with Zaire. But, hey, it is what it is. I uh, – I do think a lot of what we saw from an injury perspective from Zaire last year is he's just still growing, and it's just he's not he's not used to sort of controlling his body at this moment. And I don't know what that means for his career prospects going forward in a Grizzlies uniform, but I feel like a lot of the the issues we've seen with Zaire are because of the growth he's seen from year one to year two. I think it's fair to say that we are in a make-or-break year for Zaire Williams. It is, you know. Well, Roddy, Roddy and LaRavia can pass him easy. That's and that's kind of what I mean. It's like he's got he's. I feel like he's still got a shot to cement himself as that future three 
prospect for the Grizzlies, but he has to show something this year, and he's got to show up pretty fast. It's really disappointing he's not playing Summer League. Yes. No doubt about it. If It's disappointing. If I, of those three guys, Roddy, LaRavia, and Zaire, where are you, I mean, obviously I'm placing my money on Roddy to be the most forward, best role player. I think Zaire's probably third on that list of, like, my hopes. Like, my guy, the, the guy I would wager my money on panning out next year, next season, and being a role, role player. I, I think Zaire's third on that list right now. My, I, I would say I, and I, I, it's unfortunate that I feel that way. I, I'm but. rooting for him. I hope that he can turn it around. The longer we go with this, it just I feel like becomes less likely that all of a sudden he's going to make this big jump. The the tough part about Zaire is that you've seen the flashes. You've seen him hit those corner threes. You've seen him have good defensive instincts. He's not really good on the defensive end, but he's he's got the instincts. Yeah, he, he had some moments his rookie year and where defensively he looked good. His rookie, and that's why it was. Last year was just such a disappointing season because you his rookie year, you were like, okay, I see it. I see why they wanted to go this direction. It may have been a reach. You could have taken these guys, blah, 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 blah. All of those things are valid arguments to make. But you understood it. Last year, disappointing. Mm-hmm. Really disappointing. He had the injury thing, though. But if that is what we're going to have again this season, it, it, it's tough. And like I, I know he's that people, get And I know that some people out there are really mad that he's not playing in the summer league. And they have alluded – I don't know if they've actually come out and said it's 10 and I's, but they've alluded to the fact. I think maybe in a Drew Hill piece a few weeks ago, it popped up in there. 10 and I's is tricky. I've got 10 and I's in my elbow from when I play it baseball. It doesn't go it away. It does not go away. It does away. not go away. It you does to, not go you away. You have to show up every day early and get yeah, treatment. It will and, and flare up get it ready. like that. I mean, so, for practice, you have to make sure you warm it up correctly. And if, if it really flares up, you have to take days off. Yeah. It's, str- it's a struggle. Yeah, so I, I wish that I, that I was seeing them, but, you know – I've got hopes for the kid moving into next season. Hopefully, he shows something. But if I had to put money on it, I would say Roddy. Real talk here with Zaire his rookie year and what we saw from him, which was good. When Dylan was out, he got put into that starting lineup and played with that starting lineup. How much of that was the surrounding pieces that that were around him, sort of going, stepping in the right direction? I mean, Ja and Dez grew so much that year. Jaron, of course, as well. Most of what Zaire did was corner threes and rim running. Yeah, but that's really all they need him to do. You know, yes, I agree with you, but it's like that. Okay, and like, but he didn't do that last year. Most of the things, most I get that, but most of the most of the production he's had in his career is playing alongside the certified stars for this team. And when he when he's put in there with guys that may not take the shine off of him, he he tends to struggle. That's a good point. When he played with Ja and played with Dez, like he's he's an afterthought. Right, so he can get his game off a little bit that way. But I, I, I get ultimately, I want to see him come into his own. But I have serious doubts about it. I, I guess that's where I'm at. I think that's a fair yeah. point to make. You know, I think the counter to that though could be, you just need him to be the fourth guy. You know, you just need him. To, that's all you need to do right. is to hit those corner threes. And honestly, defense. at this point, you don't even need him to be the fourth. You just hit threes. You just need him to be a roll guy just, off the bench. Literally, his only job, piece. his only job needs to be. You need to know how to cut to the basket. Be serviceable defensively and hit a corner three. Yeah. Those are the, those are what you have to do and get bigger. He's got to put on good weight, dude. We, yeah. That's another thing. We, we're getting to the point where it's like we, you've got to start putting on that weight. You have yeah. to, or you're just not going to be able to be in the NBA, especially if you have a history of injuries. Yep, no question. Which no. player are you most excited to see in the G, in the summer league games? It, it, to be honest with you, with all of the talk, I have heard about Jake Laravia taking a step. Mm-hmm. And he played well with the hustle last year, so I, I do want to tip my cap there. 
I want to see what he can do. I want to see what year two looks like. Is he more comfortable? That's it. Like David Roddy, I, I have a feeling he'll be solid. I think uh, uh, Gigi Jackson's going to be exciting, but Jake Laravia is the one I have my eye on. I want to see because we started quicker. to see we started to see like people want to see that Santi level jump. We saw the the flashes of Santi in summer league last year. Absolutely, that's where you started to see. Okay, damn, he could be a, he could be a rotational player. I want to see that same thing from Jake Laravia. That's who I'm going to be watching closely. I agree. Yep. Now uh, we have to go ahead and get to a break, and on the other side, we're gonna. He's already gone four hours. We're gonna add 25 minutes to that. Jeffrey Wright. We'll be next. Giannato and Jeffrey is the show that, uh, that, that precedes us, that precedes us. So you've heard them already, but you're going to hear them again right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.